Category is mental health. Category is it takes a village. Category is motherfucking stories over stigma. Oh, <laughs> Hey, welcome back uh, to another week. Uh, so excited. Um, I'm Steven and my wife is... They already know who we are. All right, it's Rebecca. <laughs> for all of those who are new listening to the show and connected with us, thank you very much for trusting us and listening to our story. It must be relevant because you guys keep coming back and uh, you keep supporting the show. So we are super, super excited we have an exciting show um, with our fabulous friend, um, Joelle uh, Milatis. Um, you know, we said it last week that she's joining us. Uh, we'll be helping us co-host some shows. And um, <clears throat> we had this great, uh, great idea that we would, uh, we would talk about um, um, uh, resolutions. But uh, I want to see, we want Joelle to get in in the conversation. Let me see if she's still, if she's able to pick it up. Uh, Cause it's, it's just been a long time. And of course, the last time we were all together, I believe it was the, uh, mm-hmm. the summit. Oh yeah. That was the last time. And then of course, everything else, all, all, all H E double hockey sticks broke loose. And uh, we've been trying to uh, sort of catch back up ever since. So as soon as Joelle, she she's in, um, <clears throat> and let me see what's going on here. But uh, <clears throat> last week we were so excited to to get back at it, you know, as they say. And um, after the show, um, can't hear me. No, I can't hear you yet. Uh, I think you have to accept Joelle. If you're listening, uh, you have to accept when I hit invite as a speaker. And there uh, you go. Now you're <laughs> here. Hey, happy new year. Hey, happy new year. Cause I'm nothing but technologically challenged. <laughs> Look, you're a lot better than uh, the other Rebecca from Canada that we had on last week. Poor thing. Um, not that it was anything she did. It was just like, it, it takes a while to get used to it. And you dove in and you, you did just, just, just fine. <laughs> I'll figure it out. I think by the time we do our eight, 800th show, I will have gotten it down. Right. That's it. So yeah. what is new? I was catching everyone up, you know, um, uh, you know, what's new in your world? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know y'all y- y- have had just all sorts of medical challenges from from hell. Um, what's new in, in my world? You know, same same kinds of stuff. Um, COVID challenges and and personal family challenges. Uh with my dad being ill and personal children, you know, I think, I think it's 2022. We're just in for another ride, aren't we? Yeah. And you know, it's not easy starting 2022 the same way we started 2021 on a zoom call or basically right. having to worry about another version of COVID. Uh, I think Rebecca was telling me about like some TikTok where, you know, some person was complaining about what feeling left out. What was it? It was about like, I'm on last year's COVID or. Oh, cause she got Delta. So she said, I couldn't, I can't believe I got last seasons. 
COVID. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even the new brand. Yeah, not even the new right. brand. Yeah. And really? uh yeah, and so it's just been it's one thing after uh the next and uh yeah. I mean, I'm glad we're here. Um, and we were just going to talk yeah. about it, you know, in the beginning of the show, you know how we do the, you know, catching up on current events and everything. But right after, you know, we were so excited to finally be back yeah. after all of those medication. I mean, I mean, you know, we dodged a bullet in terms of, you know, hospitalizations. We got it right in terms of there was severe medic medication issues. Then something happened Sunday, early Sunday or Monday morning. What was Monday it? Morning. What was it, honey? Why don't you tell Joelle? I really, uh... <laughs> um, my brother, who is in Colorado, so he's 1,700 miles away from us, was in a near-fatal car accident. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's tough because he, the poor guy... I mean, he is so lucky and blessed. I won't get into the gory details. I mean, there was some specific stuff on the GoFundMe that Rebecca. Yeah, created. I um, I started. If they follow us on Facebook, they saw it. But yeah. okay, he he broke his right tibia and fibula. He dislocated and broke his left hip. He has um, bilateral fractures in both of his feet. Mm. We're trying to get 2022 started off, you know, <laughs> right? in, a in a different way. And this wasn't his fault. No, he did everything right. Mm. An SUV hit a truck, a, a pickup truck. The back of the pickup truck, the bed of the pickup truck came off of the truck and oh. slammed into the driver's side of his van. Oh, dear. He was it's the only one hurt. Horrible. Everybody else walked away. Isn't that how it always oh. happens? Yeah. <sighs> oh, my gosh. You know, and is, and he, is he in the hospital now? Or what, what does he need at this point? So he... Yes, he's in the hospital. He went to a small hospital, and they tried to do the surgeries on his legs, and they opened him up and said that's above my pay grade. Mm. And so they closed him back up again and um, they had to transfer him to a trauma one unit. So he mm. got to the trauma one unit two days ago. Yesterday they fixed yesterday. They put a rod in for his leg bones. Mm. Um, today he had to go in for the plastic surgeon to reattach, I mean, it's gross, but to reattach his muscles and to mm -hmm. do a skin graft um, because it was so bad that they had to do a skin graft and they, they have to like rearrange his muscles on his legs. Monday, Monday, they're going to try and fix the hip. They think that they think that they'll be able to just put a pin and a plate in it, but they're going to make a game time operating room table decision because they might have to just replace the whole thing. Got it. It's terrifying. It is. I mean, you know, at the moment you think like, wow, you know, I'm really, I, you know, things are just hit, hitting the fan. And then you think about someone else's story. Now what makes this even more like, I guess, impactful or at least in the sense of it, more, more pressure 
in this household is the fact that she just came off of a year and a half almost of Latuda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just back to stable. <laughs> I mean, and Ooh. and she's had to she she had to work as the um, the air traffic controller for everyone in the family, and it's finally mm-hmm. coming to a head today. She's you know it's it, it's a lot it's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure on for anyone to be able to have to be the go to one who's trying to keep everybody else sane and stable, but then to do that after the year and a half she's had. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it, it's been tough. So um, she almost she was like, why don't you just go do the show? You you and you and Joelle go do the show. And I was like, no, honey, this is an opportunity for you to talk about, especially as we go into New Year's resolutions. And we and we've already we kind of started even the year with our first episode with you. And we were talking about boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And I know that today we're, we're, we're getting together to talk about resolutions but I don't know what, I mean, how might you advise someone if you had a client that was going through something similar, Joel, to kind of maintain their own mental health? Because I'm sure it's not, I mean, we hear stories online all the time, people going through tragedy. And perhaps there's some something, you know, and then you can lead off and talk about like what you wanted to go into about resolutions. Feel free. Yeah, well, I think it, you know, it's all related to, you know, um, I, you know, it, I don't know what it is about horrific traumas that bring out the worst family drama. I, I don't know. And I, I'm making an assumption about, about families. Um, but it seems, it seems like families rally around um, something tragic, right? And then it brings out, the worst of everybody's personalities. And I don't know if it's, it's, it's grief, it's stress, it's all of the above, if it's old family dynamic, you know? Um, Right. But it just, the holiday time, you know, all, all of the above. Right. And so, yeah. How do you, you know, it's such a great question of how do you keep good boundaries um, when you know, you are trying to like, like you're saying, you know, Rebecca's trying to air traffic control, like everybody, and I'm sure everybody's personalities and what they need and getting information, you know, to right. people and, and being the go between. Um, and I'm so glad Rebecca, you decided to do the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I think, I think it is boundaries in a lot of ways, which is, I, I only have the bandwidth to do so much. I think um, f- just for me and coordinating, you know, my family stuff, right? It, it Sometimes it's this is the schedule I have or making sure that I'm trying to get sleep if I, you know, and, and as much sleep as I can, right? And remembering to, and I know it sounds trite and I don't mean it that way. Sometimes it's all you can do is just get sleep, drink some water, remember to eat, um, you know, a lot of deep breathing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and then I think 
taking those those breaks where you, where it's like I'm giving myself a timeout, whether that's I'm going to go take a shower and just take that extra few minutes to in the bathroom to wash my face and take a couple of deep breaths and listen to my favorite podcast or my favorite music, um, go through some grounding exercises, whether it's journaling at the end of the day, right? But some way to get it out. Because I think what happens is we just keep stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it because we're trying to manage everybody else, right? Right. That we're not managing ourselves. And then it's like a tea kettle. We just go and explode. <laughs> That's exactly, <clears throat> that is exactly with what our, be what our best friend sitting next to me and um, <laughs> is doing. It's, it's all inside and, <clears throat> and I don't, I'm, 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 I'm seeing this sense of overwhelm and just, I'm over it. Um, you know, on her face. And this is what I've been worried about. I've been, I mean, from day one, when she was telling me that, oh, I'm okay, but everybody's coming to me and, and I'm quarterbacking all of this. I was worried about it getting too much. And yeah. sure as, sure enough, it was too enough. And, you know, and, and here I am today. She, she, she turned off her notifications on her phone. So she had no idea that I was getting in touch with her or trying to. <clears throat> and I was panicking a little bit because I'm like, yeah. Not that for any other, other than the fact that I know that when she starts doing something, like if she goes to work, when she goes to work, she doesn't really focus on taking care of herself. Like you were talking about self-care. She won't do it. I have always been bad at self-care though. That's like not new. True. But you, but, <laughs> but that still doesn't change the fact that we need to redirect you to go eat because you can't sit around all day and live off of a piece of carrot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I, and I, you know, teach this stuff and I still, you know, uh, like forget, I'm like, Oh yeah, I probably should like maybe take a shower today or get out of my pajamas. Or yeah, I think, I, I think it's because, and, and I, I wonder if this is a, 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 a care where we move into that caregiving mode. And so it's, it's about everybody else. Right. Um, because it feels selfish, right? If we take time, I'll speak for myself. Like it feels selfish to me if I say, you know what, I can't do any more today. Like this, I'm, I'm tapped out. Um, there's always somebody in the background saying, well, I could do more in my head. And whether that's a real perception or not, right, I've made this, this narrative in my own mind of, oh, well, you should be doing more, Joelle, or you should be able to, you know, manage everybody, or you do this for a living, you should be. And, you know, I, I think that's the toxic piece. Sometimes it's, it's, it's internally driven. It's not necessarily anything that anybody else is saying to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, and that's one thing that you need someone to also tell you, Joel. I mean, you know, you cannot possibly manage everyone else's stuff, including your own stuff, and not in some way find a way to release the valve and let some of it out. You know, you've you've got to take care of yourself too, you know, um, or you might Wait, end up <laughs> I, right. I'm going to, I'm going to spontaneously combust. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's 
it's the joke about every therapist has a therapist. And, and as much as it is a joke, I think really good therapists have really good therapists, right? Right, um, right. And, and take care of themselves and, and if needed, take medication and, 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 and do that self-care. And, um, and I forget, I'll be honest, you know, I, I like, I think why it's been hard the last six weeks, you know, or, or even the last three months is just like, I forget, I forget that. Right if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of anybody else. Well, and then you're also bi-coastal and then you're also, <laughs> you, you have your dad and then you have, you know, your, you know, your husband or spouse here. Mm -hmm. uh, and then on top of it, all the other stuff that you have to manage. I mean, that's, that's, that's pressure. Like, like everybody else though. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, right. that's the thing is, is not any different than you or Rebecca or probably all of the other listeners out there. Right. We have all these different hats we wear. And so that's the question is how do you, how do you put on, okay, I'm going to be the sister hat and I'm going to do that for a while. And then I need to take that hat off right? From being the, the sister or the family coordinator. And now I got to put the mom hat on and do that for a while. Okay. Now I got to take that off and put the spouse hat on, right? Like mm -hmm. how do you, how do you do all of it all the time? I don't know if we do it well. I don't know <laughs> if I do it well. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, um, I think what, what Rebecca does is she disengages, Mm -hmm. Right, honey. <laughs> like you're doing now. <laughs> like you're, you're not not that you're deliberately doing it, but you are. You're 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 in your hidey hole mm -hmm. because you don't want you don't really want to deal with all the the asteroids and the wind and all the things that are out of the hole. You just you're hiding in the hole. Well, I think <clears throat> I think the other thing I do, and I don't know which mental illness this is, but it, it you just you turn off your emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're in a situation like this and you have all this stuff to do and, you know, all these people pulling on you, it's like, okay, so I just don't have emotions right now. And like everything just gets turned off. Right. But then I also, when I came home and, and we talked just before the show, I said, you know, I said, honey, it's okay that you feel and it's okay that you fall apart. And she mm -hmm. goes, her thing, I can't fall apart. Mm -hmm. I have too much to do. Mm -hmm. What is that? <laughs> I have to work. I have to do laundry. I have to do. Right. No, you don't. We we can all pick up the slack. We, no one's ever asking her to be super mom or super wife or super domestic. Like, I mean, yeah. but she always seems to feel like she has to. And I don't know if you go through that too as uh, kind of like what in, in your line of work. Totally. And I think, you know, like, I want to be really mindful. And I think, you know, Rebecca, we had talked, and, and Stephen, we had talked about this last time as far as over pathologizing things, you know, it's like, mm. it, I don't think it's an abnormal response that people in, in situations like this, where they have something really traumatic happening, numb out or, or, you know, like you said, go into your hidey hole or, you know, mm -hmm. some of that is, I think, a normal response to trauma, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be couched with, oh, it's this, it's, it's a mental illness thing, or it's a, it's a component of, of some diagnosis, you know, I, I mean, for me, I numb out, and that's part of my PTSD is I just completely like, like, I'm good. I don't, I don't feel anything. I can do everything. I don't think about anything. Um, 
and then it catches up with me and it, and it kind of hits me like a two by four weeks later. And then mm-hmm. I, f- and then I'm trying to figure out why the hell I'm falling apart. It's like, Oh, well, because ding dong, you weren't thinking about it. Right. Like right. You, you weren't feeling any of it. Um, you know, and I, I think some of that's the fight flight response. Right. And, and some of it's, it's, you know, like you said, Rebecca, it, it kind of is symptomatic of other things. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's self-preservation, honestly. Um, I remember. I remember going to therapy. This is be- long before I was a therapist, um, and starting to like work on my trauma, really work on my trauma for the first time. And I remember about a year into therapy, um, going into therapy one week and saying, "I feel flat," and the therapist said, "Do you feel numb?" And I said, no, I don't feel good. I don't feel bad. I just feel flat. And I remember specifically mm-hmm. saying, I wonder if this is what normal people feel like. Because hmm. it, was, it was such an odd experience to not feel numb, but then not have this over experience of emotion, either sad or happy. You, you know what I mean? It was sort of mm-hmm. like, I, I like... I don't know if, if I'm feeling, if I'm numbing out, if I'm experiencing what I'm supposed to experiencing and that questioning of, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel right now. I went through, I went through something similar when we, um, when I first started taking medication for the bipolar and like all of a sudden I didn't have these really obnoxious highs and these really obnoxious lows and like everything felt kind of just bland (laughs) like something would happen and like typically I would either get like way over the top excited about it or like you know my my emotions were always like very heightened and then I get on this medication and I remember telling Stephen I was like is is this normal like is this what you feel like is this the normal reaction of humans like am i just not feeling those super highs and super lows anymore yeah yeah and then you know then it's like how do you manage i i still don't know if i i actually know like i can define it for my clients or on a podcast but when it comes to me personally i still don't always know like, is this, am I overreacting? Am I underreacting? Am I, am I reacting at all? Like, I, I think it's a very bizarre feeling when, when we, with, especially with trauma, when you, when one dissociates, right, they, they kind of go out of their body and they become numb to cope with everything that's going on that to then try and reintegrate and say, okay, I, I wonder what am I supposed to feel right now? You know? Right. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's okay. You know, one thing that Rebecca has, and I noticed this as the spouse, the person looking in and, you know, she now doesn't like to feel those human experiences, those Mm -mm. human feelings. Mm -mm. She dismisses them as there's no time for it. When I'm like, let's embrace it. Let's live in this moment and let you feel it. If you need to break down and cry, cry. Because I would rather you be you cry and be angry and sob and express what you're feeling on the inside than hold it in and then it's, it projects something else that someone else externally doesn't understand. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, for, you know, for someone like her who is super independent, who is super smart with her own ideas, at the same time, one of her fatal flaws is that I won't express it. I won't live it. I won't allow myself to feel injured. You know, she's one of those people like you see in the cartoons. If I'm shot, I'm going to get up, pull the bullet out and keep moving. Or, you know, like one of those Warner Brother cartoons, you know, she's not going to feel the wound. And I imagine in your position as well, you don't you don't often or you have to be intentional about feeling that that pain because you don't think you have time for it. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Yeah, for for sure. I can I can relate a lot to to that analogy. And I, you know, I think some of it too. I don't know if this is true for you, Rebecca. I I think for me like some of it is I just don't want to. I know what it feels like. Like I know what it feels like to be grieving or angry or um manic or right I I know all of those feelings. I don't want to feel that again because it doesn't feel good to me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I, 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 I pretend that I don't have to, right. If that makes sense. Well, the one thing that my therapist is trying to get me to do is, is feel your feelings, right? Like right. that's her whole thing is feel your feelings and feel more than just one feeling. Cause like anything that ever came up, it was just like, bam, I'm angry. Yes. Like I'm not going to deal with any of this other, like, underlying I'm just gonna be mad because you know anger gives you power in certain aspects of it um definitely control yeah you know you're you're not small and weak you're big and 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 angry but I know what they all feel like and I yeah I don't want to feel them again but also like just like, see, I don't, I don't have time. I don't have time to break mm-hmm. down. I don't have time to feel this feeling. I don't have time to deal with this. Like, I have other more important things to do, and we don't have time to have feelings right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I mean, you really, you know, I think you really highlighted it, too. It's it's about control. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, the, the anger is amazing because it, it's a defense mechanism. It's a way to gain control. It's an emotion um, and it can be all of those things all at one time, right? Because if I'm if I'm yelling and screaming and puffing up and making myself big, most people are not going to come toward me, right? Mm-hmm. It, pu- it pushes people away, and then I can. It, it's this self preservation piece. Um, I think one of the things I learned in therapy and that that I work with as a therapist is feel your, you know, y- yes, feel your feelings, and those feelings don't have to be. Um, that can be true, true for, for me as an individual. So if something makes me, um, sad where it might make somebody else enraged, that that's okay. I'm, I'm allowed to feel whatever it is and it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to fit any kind of, of normative quote unquote pattern, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be what society tells me I'm supposed to, to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good I, point and so I think a lot of times people come in and they especially with with the people that I work with with trauma right they come in and they say you know um, I'm supposed to be sad but I'm really angry it's like okay let's be angry then like well I don't want to be angry I want to be sad 
well, why don't you want to be like, or, or, or I'm, I'm supposed to be grieving, but I don't feel anything at all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. So what do you, what does grief look like then for you as a person? Because it's going to probably look really different to me and it's going to look really different to Rebecca and really different to Steven. You know, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, Insta told me I'm supposed to feel this way, or I saw a TikTok about, and I think that's, that's where we are right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so it, I just, I think I've noticed, especially with this through the pandemic stuff where I have people that are living their best life because they're introverted and they like working from home and they, they've kept their routine and they don't have to make excuses for why they don't want to socialize. Right. And they're thriving. I have other clients who are really suffering and everybody in between and so I kind of think that that being emotional is is an individual response mm-hmm. you know? yeah and she she pretty much says the same thing to me too it's like you know you're allowed to feel however you feel like there isn't a right way and a wrong way to have a feeling, right? Like you, you can feel however you feel and that's okay. And it's all valid, but you can't, you know, her big thing is you can't just put it on a shelf for the rest of your life and never have these feelings because at some point they're all going to come to a head mm-hmm. and then you're going to melt down. And then, you know, you end up with the risk of being in the hospital or hurting yourself or, you know, name whatever. So, you know, her big thing is you, you have to, you have to deal with your feelings. Cause I just don't, I just don't deal with them. Yeah. There, there's a great, there's a great book. I think it's Rick Carlton. I'll have to drop it in, in the chat later. Um, called <laughs> Taming, uh, Taming your gremlin. And it's not a new book. It's been around for a long time. But he talks about this internal monologue and and voice that we have with ourselves, right? That negative self-talk. And so he calls that a gremlin. And I used to joke and say, I have a whole committee. (laughs) I have have, have a whole, I have little Miss Perfect, little Miss never gets, you know, like can never do it right. Like I have a whole committee that talks to me. Um, And I feel like that's what it is for me, which is if I'm not paying attention, then it all it all creeps up all at once. And like you said, then it's complete, it, it's complete shutdown, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes that's for me, like complete meltdown, you know? Um, and I don't, I don't, I, I, like, like I said, you know, I, I don't know how much of that really is, is a mental illness thing, or if that's just a human thing and we all have different ways we handle it. And the mental illness component is, about the biochemistry of getting stuck or looping in all of those negative emotions and self-talk, right? And and then there's this, it, it's so much more complicated than, than just feel your feelings. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's entirely it's entirely nuanced is what I'm gathering, um, at least based on my lived experience and then listening to this conversation. It's nuanced, and you can't you can't necessarily just like paint it with a broad brush. It 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 all has its own left and right turns that are unique in every situation. But the one thing that isn't unique is, I guess, how you process that 
and how you deal you know with those emotions because i'm i mean I'm, I'm personally not very good at dealing with my emotions i thought i was i think i am but i'm not because what rebecca tells me and this is unrelated to anyone else in my life you know over my last 45 years i've been i've been married for 17 years and it's one thing she's always said to me it's like what you do is is you hold everything in and then all of a sudden you're mad at everyone it's the dumbest stuff that doesn't even relate to really what's bothering you Mm -hmm. because you're constantly having feeling like you have to I don't know, be strong for, you know, for, for everyone and everything. And you just don't know how that, you know, affects a person, you know, and, and that's exactly what she's like too. And that's probably what you're like. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. everyone, we just always plug through life and we just, it's no big deal until it really is. Right. And then it's a really big deal. And then it's a really big deal. And you're like, you're telling your spouse, partner, family member, they're like, why are you angry? Because there's a dish in the sink. Yeah. Like Stephen, <laughs> right. holds, Stephen holds everything in. And then it's like, you didn't unload the dishwasher in time. And it's like, really? Like, that's what we're doing tonight? Like, this is the hill we're going to die on? Yeah. And that's not the hill we're dying on. It's months okay, let's be of cla- all the other let's stuff. Okay, let's be clear. I would never say that to my wife. That's usually in- that's usually directed to my 16-year-old. Yeah, I mean. Who think, I just want to be clear. Because <laughs> I am not, I don't want to feel like I'm like contradicting myself, but no, it's never towards my wife. It's always towards the kid. And then Rebecca goes really like, it's not that big. It's not that deep. Yeah, What's bothering like, you? That's not, that's obviously not what you're upset about. Cause that's stupid. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, I, I call it my doormat. I call it my, my, my doormat phase where I start to, when I start feeling like a doormat, Two things have happened. I've overextended myself and I haven't used any boundaries because I keep giving and give, and then I feel used and then I'm screaming at the kids about doing the dishes. And I, I, I love that right. analogy because it's the one that really resonates in my home, which, and it's not yes. only you didn't do the dishes, but you didn't load the dishwasher correctly. I mean, I, that's asinine. I, yeah. And, I and, know. and that's okay. the kind of stuff that I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that's not what we're upset about. No, right. and you know it, w- w- what it is is it, it is it's that culmination of everything. It's like you know, and then I mean, thank goodness we had to replace our dishwasher, so it's like it's so easy <laughs> for them to like to use it now. But the old one, it there was this whole fight about like you're not loading it right or you're not rinsing them right or like. Turns out it was just a crappy dishwasher. It was a crappy dishwasher <laughs> that came with the house. Like, you know, I mean, they weren't putting like chunks of chicken in on plates. They were rinsing it reasonably. But like, I'm like, no, you need to rinse it. And they're like, yeah, Dad, our you're 16 year old is like, it. I'm not going to wash it and then wash it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right. I'm not doing that. That doesn't make any sense to me. But really, you know, at the time when I, mean, you know, I was usually mad at something at work, um, like, or something going on, it was totally unrelated or like the chaos in the house. Like, right. I can't deal with chaos in the house because it really makes me unhappy. So when I, I mean, I feel like because I work so hard and I'm constantly out there, like, you know, having to, just give myself to the public that by the time I come home, I just want order and just calm and peace and Zen. And I think, and then, so when I come home and I see something on the counter, then I flip out. It's not that I'm so particular about things. I mean, maybe I am. Particular. You are particular, but, I, <laughs> but like, you know, you know, my, my youngest will 
put a bowl of cereal and just leave it on the table. Not even after he's done, put it back in the sink. Or here's a big one. You're going to love this one. So I we have a two-sided sink. And so I like my kids to wash them on the right, rinse on the right, (laughs) stack on the left, because if the right side and the left side gets backed up, then how in the world can we do anything? So rinse on the right, stack on the left. And, And for the longest time, I don't think I explained it as clearly as I just did. They just thought I was just like getting upset because dishes are in the sink. Yeah, it's um. But it's totally unrelated stuff because really, what was I upset at? I might have been upset at a work thing, like at some of the other com- organizations I've worked for, or you know, it may have been my own family stuff, you know. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's so complicated. Or, or just not having having the time at the end of the day to transition from mm-hmm. work to home. And when we drove to a job before pandemic, we had that car time. And so I would work with clients about use that driving time to, Mm. to mindfully transition from your work life to your home life. Or when you're leaving home to go to work, take that time to go through a mindful exercise to transition and leave work at work, leave home at home. Well, now we're working where we're sleeping and eating and spending our family time and we're not doing that anymore. Right. You know, and so it just compiles. So it's like I work up I work, you know, in my home office and then I bounce out of my home office and I'm right into the kitchen and and there's no time to leave work at work. And so I'm constantly thinking about work. Right. Or vice versa, if my family's having a hard time right, trying to leave that and then go be completely, you know, um, available, emotionally available for people and check my own stuff. It, it, it just makes it harder. You know, so I noticed that like I had more fights about doing the dishes <laughs> than <laughs> during the pandemic. Well, both of mine are, are in college. So, so it was different combinations of one or the other at home and, and sometimes both of them at home. But you know, my, my son would just be like, you know, okay, mama, no problem. I'll get to it. And then never do it. And <sighs> like, just, just right. <sighs> and my, and my daughter, I remember be, her being a teenager and one time looking at me and she's like, if you don't like the way I do the dishes, you do them yourself and walking away. Like, That's how our littlest is. Yeah. Our littlest will say that to me. <laughs> like St- Steven will go in there and like start critiquing the way he does it. And he'll look at him and be like, you do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, as a parent, I'm like, you know, how dare you talk to me? But then, (laughs) like that, but then after a while, you're like, you know what? I guess I deserve that. Cause even as a parent, like, that's just, you know. So I did actually for the last, like, maybe three or four weeks, I've been telling the kids, like, just, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it because I'll mm-hmm. do it the way I want it done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't, and I don't have to worry about it. And, it, and it's also, it's kind of cathartic because at that time I'm in my head about stuff. I'm just right. like, I'm putting the dishes away. And everybody's leaving you alone. Like we all, <laughs> yeah. right. we all go to our, well, cause it's after dinner. So everybody kind of settles down and goes to their different corners yeah. and, and you get to be alone with yourself and in the kitchen. And right. It's like it, it works. But then it's everyone, to- yeah. Everyone loves it though. They come out the next morning. And they're just like, even Re- even Rebecca will tell the boys like when the one uh, just day before yesterday. I think they cleaned the kitchen and they didn't do it well. Rebecca said, "Is that what Dad would do?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we have a thing in our house. Like I tell them to clean something, and they're boys and kids, so they'll like half do it. And then I'll come into the room and I'm like, 
okay, well, what would dad think? <laughs> and they're like, he wouldn't like it. I said, okay, well, we're going to clean it and, <laughs> and tell dad would like it. So we can do it three times. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Or you can do it one time. <laughs> Pick. Right. Well, they're they're of the mindset because there's someone who comes and works in the house to people that they don't have to do anything because they can just let leave it to the person that cleans it and puts it away. And that's just not how life works. Right. Like this is not the way it goes. I mean, you know, and um, and, you know, we're trying to prepare the 17 year old for where you are now uh, you yeah. know, when they're off at college. It, it is um, it it is the weirdest transition. It was really, really hard for me talking about feeling numb and, and not just completely checking my emotions. I, you know, when my, my older one went away to school, he only was, he was six and a half hours away. Not that far, you know, far enough, but not that far. And right. I, the first three months would walk by his bedroom and I would say to myself, he's not dead. He went to college. And I know <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. You were grieving. But I, I was in this really funky space and then he'd come home and the younger one would be like, when is he leaving? <laughs> and, they're, and, and they're very close. They're, they're best of friends. It, it, but it was funny, just the, the rhythm and the family rhythm and, and dynamic changed. And he changed so much. And it's, and what's interesting is when they're home now, we're not fighting about the dishes where, I think if you asked me two years ago, would I ever get to that space? I'm like, no, the, we're, we're never going to learn this lesson ever. Right. Um, um, you know, and, and the same thing with my daughter, like going away and, and they're both so far away that mm -hmm. it was a really, it was a really interesting experience. And now when they come home, there are things that they do that they have done since they were toddlers that drive me freaking crazy and then there are things that you go oh okay you're actually a grown-up now like you get that money actually doesn't grow on the tree backyard in the backyard right, right? exactly and, and that you know you really need to do your own dish it's it's the little it's you know or or even smaller yet where it's like hey i'm running a load of laundry do you need to throw anything in wait shocker excuse me <laughs> right exactly like, you just asked if you wanted to do my laundry <laughs> that's amazing where when they mature to that point to where you guys can actually be quote unquote friends you know yeah and and it's and it's weird and we're we're you know they're they're soon to be uh, 20 and 22 in, in March and in April. And we're getting to this point where they're not, they're still my children, but they're not babies and mm -hmm. they need me, but they don't need me all the time. And they want advice, but they're going to do, you know, it's just, it, it's this weird push and pull that, um, that I wonder, you know, I just, it, it's like, it's hard. It's really hard to know, like, how do I, how do I actually parent this? You know, I don't know how to do this. I know how to do three and five. I know how to do 16 and, and 14. I don't know how to do 20 and 22. Um, that, that's interesting. You say that because I'm like, man, Steven's struggling with teenagers. Yeah. yeah. Like Steven's a really good little kid guy yeah that's that's my strength that's and my it's jam so, as they say and it's so funny because i was not good with little kid because it's <laughs> like they can't talk to me they can't tell me what they want like i gotta guess like this is frustrating 
and and Stephen was always on it. And now that they're both, well, we have a preteen and a teenager. And now that they're at this age, Stephen is just like, I don't understand these things. They're like little gremlins. <laughs> they're just living in my house, and they have all this attitude. And I'm like, well, you have to talk to them. And he's like, you're so much better at this than I am. Yeah, because I mean, <laughs> in my day, you know, if I talk to my parents the way they talk to me, you get knocked out. I would- oh, right. <laughs> Than just like right. little birds flying around my head, like it would like this, I don't understand. Like, why do you think you can talk to me like that? Because they feel safe around you like that. Oh, I guess that's you, you didn't yeah. feel that safe and comfortable because you knew you was gonna get knocked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They have they have no concept of that because they've never been knocked out for talking back. Oh, like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just like you know, I you know, one day. You know, even recently, like one of my, you know, I told one of my kids, I said, hey, do X, Y, and Z and A, B, and C. And because yesterday it was 22 degrees outside because I wanted to shovel the snow from that big <laughs> snowstorm we had. And we said, well, we'll, we'll just let it slide. Do it tomorrow. Yeah. Mom, I said it's too cold. Yeah. We'll wait tomorrow for it to warm up. Well, I honestly, I'm not worried about 22 degrees because they have coats that <laughs> will work. They're very warm, and they and we bought coats that would work in this in this temperature. And my son, I misspoke. I said it's not 22. I don't care. Go outside. And he pulled out his cell phone and walked <laughs> over to me and held it up in front of him just so I could see it. Really is what the comment was. And he started <laughs> swiping his finger, getting to the weather app. Yeah, he was going <laughs> to prove him wrong. Damn he it. was going to show me. And I just, I, I literally, I said, you can get out of my face. I've already spoken. <laughs> right. You're going outside. I said, you know, but I mean, I mean, because like, look, when I was his age, I was outside in like a jacket playing in 22 degree weather. Like, you know, they're I, built different. They are. They're, they're soft. They're, they're not. It's not the same. <laughs> they're more Grecian these days. Yeah. The old, yeah. old Greeks, like back in, you know. They're delicate. Yeah. The fabulous age where they were all feeding each other grapes. And... Well, and it's so funny because like both our kids are very analytical. And so like to, to him, it made sense. Mom said 22 degrees was too cold yesterday. So why is 22 degrees today okay like Mm -hmm. how did that change right and that was his whole point is it's like yesterday it wasn't okay but today you're saying that it is okay and that just got lost in translation and well what i had to tell him was is that honestly son i really did not agree with what your mother said about 22 degrees yesterday but i respected it because your mom said it but she also said that you can rest today and do it tomorrow and that is what I wanted to happen, regardless of what the temperature was, because it wasn't like I was sitting you outside with a short sleeve shirt. I mean, I was saying, go outside, no shoes on, shovel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like, right. You know, come on. Hey, you know, <sighs> it's, to the California girl here, it's like you know, sixty degrees is like too cold to go outside. But um, oh, you must no, have been I, dying I, the last week <laughs> when it was twenty degrees. Have you like have you been on this side of the coast since the new year? No. Or this mm-hmm. side of the country, rather? No, no, I, I, no, I did go to the Calif- California snow and it was not 22 degrees, but um, 
but you know, it's, it's, I have, I have clients come in all the time and they say, my kid lacks grit. Exactly. And I, and I laugh and I'm like, I wonder if I, and then I have to think about my own kids. And I think that there's like, it, it's the information age. They can prove us wrong at the drop. Any word that we, you know, um, misplace in a sentence or we say, eh, it's not 22 degrees, you'll be fine. Like, oh, no, no, no. Though <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the, the amazing world of Google tells me that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, it, and it's, a f- it's also true. They don't have grit. But why don't they have grit? Because you, our kids, I mean, I'm at the back end of Gen X, more millennial. But like our kids were like, our parents were like, get out of my house. Go away, you know, and like (laughs) you had to go outside and survive for the day. Sometimes you did it well. Sometimes you didn't do it that well, but that was what you did. And, and our kids don't do that. Like they come down here, all of their friends are online. They're in their nice, cushy gaming chairs. Like they don't have to go try and figure out how to survive for an entire day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think mine are, are just, they're just old enough where, you know, we said, go outside and ride your bike, like, go do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I th- you know, they're, they're just on that, that cusp of things changing, um, mm-hmm. where, where I'm not, you know, I see it more in, in the clients that, that we see, or my friends, kids who are, are younger, where, the, it, it's lost with that. I talk to my friends. I'm connecting with my friends. I'm engaged with my friends. We're just doing it in a different medium. We're not getting on our bikes and riding. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in our comfy chairs and we're talking while we're playing a game. Um, I mean, but, it's it, the, but it's an interesting question. It's the same. Like you said, it's the same thing. They are still being social. They are still interacting. They are still playing. It's just play is not as physical anymore and especially now in the world of covid you know any kind of outside physical connected play that you had stopped two years ago right because we couldn't be around each other it all i mean even if you had it it all moved to online like that is how you communicate and i think it's going to be well we're this is, they keep saying our new normal and I hate that, but yeah. like, it's going to be a while before it's everybody get together as a big group and play. Yeah. I agree with you. I hate that new normal. Cause I'm trying to figure out what normal, like, I don't even know what normal is. So yeah. I mean, what, what my normal is, is not what anybody else's normal exactly. is. Exactly. So. I don't think uh, I've been normal my entire life. So. Right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Whatever that normal is. And I don't want to be khaki. I want to be you know, colorful. Yeah. is I don't like the term, but that's what we have decided to use. But yeah, right. I mean, it all shifted it, for our kids. It all, I mean, school shifted to online play shifted to online. Everything became online and it's difficult as somebody who grew up like Steven and I did with going outside and surviving. It's difficult to like, see these kids just sitting because like your inner kid is like, why aren't you outside playing? Why aren't right. you outside getting into trouble? Like, why are you in my house all the time? And it's just, that's just 
what we've raised and and the time that we're in. You know, I grew up in a time where we would have our imaginary guns or fake. We we'd make machine guns out of sticks and we'd mm-hmm. run through the woods <laughs> in the city. We'd find the parks in the city and play in the woods. And and we'd play G.I. Joe mm-hmm. and all this really cool stuff. But and they're playing G.I. Joe. Yeah, but That's exactly what those games are. I know. First person shooter games, adventure games. They're playing G.I. Joe. And lucky they get to do it's, it because I it's just a different kind of G.I. Joe. That's true. Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting, you know. And not not to redirect com- the conversation. That's not what I mean. Just thinking about like emotions and emotional regulation, and mm. and it's so interesting to me when I watch my kids, you know, playing for shooter games or or playing online with their friends, and how they're interacting with their friends, um, especially during COVID in the last couple of years when they're home. It, it, it it's it's interesting because I don't feel like they're necessarily checking their emotions. I feel like for me, not being able to go out and and get coffee with my friends or go for you know go outside and hang out or or we used to have um, barbecues once a week and we'd all get together and and it was a lot of fun and not having that connecting with them online to me feels distant. I feel shut down. It's hard yes. for me to, to connect with my emotions. And and it it's it seems like like kids now who that transition of connecting with my friends online and having to connect with my friends now online or through school, they seem to manage it better than the way I feel like I am. Because I don't necessarily connect with my friends online. And it's it's so much harder for me to feel engaged and connected. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, I'd like to think sometimes I'm still 19, 20, 21 in college. Like the night I we sent you a text and was like, hey, Joelle, we're going to have a game night. Why don't you come over? She's like, well, I wish I would have known that earlier. I'm like, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. We're adults with real lives. And like, you know, but I am of that same spirit. Like, I want to hang out, but I want to do it impulsively. I want to go do it and just be free. You know, it's like the time that I took Rebecca in my 30s, my late 30s to a nightclub. And I thought I was actually still in my 20s. And I got into the club and stood next to someone in their 20s. And they were doing moves. And I I even thought about it, and it hurt. I know. He, He sat there, and he was like... We don't go to the club. I want to go to the club. I want to go to the club. And I'm like, you are an old man. Like, <laughs> we're not going. And I fought him for so long. And it was like, fine, find one. Just find one. We'll just see how this works. Because I knew exactly what was going to happen. And, and it did. And, you know, we got there. And, of course, we were there way too early because um, we're old. Yeah. And right. we're, we're you know, we're, we're lounging or listening to the music. And then when it like really starts to pop off and like, you know, all he talks about is I used to dance all night long and that's how I was so skinny. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> and so we get there and the DJ is popping and everybody is dancing. And I'm looking at Steven like, you, you going to go? <laughs> and I'm like, aren't you going to dance after a while? I'm like, aren't you going to dance? And he just looked at me and he's like, no, I want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> let's just go get dessert. 
He's like, let's just go get cake or something. I I don't want to be here anymore. (laughs) But I, you know, I digress and go down that rabbit hole because it's like, I too, I would, I don't want to listen to music online and have these meetings online. Like, Joelle, I want to have brunch. We've been trying to have brunch since last damn summer. (laughs) Like, excuse my language. It's happening, man. It's happening. (laughs) I know. But like, and it's like, man, but there's legitimate life adult reasons why it didn't happen. But sometimes I turn into that kid and I want to be that 20, 21, 22 year old Steven, the spirit where I could just say, where you could say, hey, Joelle, hey, Steven, hey, we tell our spouses and our partners at the time, hey, we're going out with so-and-so. Yeah, let's do it. And then everyone goes and meet up. We're going to meet up here. And then you meet up there and then you see five more of your friends. And like all of a sudden the whole night like turns into something you didn't even expect. Yeah, but then reality right. sets in. It doesn't happen that way. We got to get up the next morning and cook breakfast for kids, or you know, we got a meeting. Got a meeting, <laughs> you know? or a phone call, or... or or it's midnight, and I realize that you know my pumpkin is now. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! My pumpkin, my pumpkin turn turns in at like nine. Yeah. <laughs> And he gets so mad at me because, well, I'm also very much introverted and he's not. And so it's like, he's, you know, it gets to be nine o'clock and he's ready to party. And I'm like, okay, well, have fun. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Well, it was like the game night that you didn't come to. We were playing some mystery murder mystery game where we're all Mm -hmm. trying to like, just like, like solve it. Um, somewhere about an hour into it, all of a sudden I'm sitting at the table and you know how babies or kids, they start moving <laughs> erratically just to stay awake. Cause you know that if they sit still, we're all doing it. We're all doing, we're all sitting at the table, moving we're, to the left, moving to the right. Like, we're all like mid thirties, <laughs> early forties. And like, after a while you can just see like, everybody's kind of shifting. People start yawning. We're stretching and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's 11. Like it's way past our bedtime. <laughs> yeah. It's like, normally we're stretched out and looking at TikTok. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's time. Yeah. Party's yep. over. So, yeah. Well, so, yeah. this, like, it actually ties back into, and everyone listening, I know that you, I hope you're following with us, but the, the point of the show is resolutions. And we're talking about everything that happened recently in our lives, and at least the emotions that we feel. And Joelle is helping us process those emotions. Rebecca had a tragic. Uh, accident happened to her brother. Many of you might have seen posted. So we're all working through those emotions. And the whole point is to get us to the point of talking about resolutions. Joelle, do you have some, some intellectual sort of setup that you want to first uh, and tee us off as we, we, we start to land the plane on resolutions? Yeah. Can I say that I hate them? Is that, is that acceptable? (laughs) I hate them too. I am an, I am such an anti-resolution person. Um, it sets me up for failure. I do really well for three days. I you know after seventy two hours, I've already crashed and burned. Like I, I it doesn't even matter what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I I absolutely despise them. And now there's a bunch of research saying that they're not they're not helpful. And part of it is it takes so long to make behavioral changes. Um, and so if you think about like, if I just wanted to wake up every day at seven o'clock and, you know, get, get out of bed, make the bed bright eyed and mushy tailed, which I do not, um, I'd have to do the exact same thing 
every single time for a minimum of six weeks to make that behavioral change. So why on earth do I think like, hey, it's January 1st and I'm going to get up and at seven o'clock, bright eyed and bushy tailed and make the bed and be successful at it. I'm not. I'm just not. Um, and so I, 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 I really dislike them. And for all the things that we've been talking about up until this point, you know, we go in and we're like, oh, I'm going to do more self-care. Oh, I'm going to set boundaries. Oh, I'm going to manage my emotions. Oh, I'm going to go to therapy. Oh, I'm going to journal. Oh, I'm going to get more exercise. We set ourselves up for failure every right. time because we're not present. We're so forward in the, I need to do these things because new, new, you know, new me, new year, new you, right? right? We've got all these great, you know, again, gotta love social media. Um, and everybody posting up their best life, but not their real life. Mm-hmm. And then, right. and then we wonder why we fail at them. Yeah. Does anyone ever want to know the real life of like Jane or Jack? I mean, do they yes. really? I, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think, I think what is missing a lot in our world, especially with social media is authenticity. Ooh, I yes. think that it's very much, you know, we only see what people want us to see. And even that is distorted. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about filters and stuff or pictures like on Instagram, like, right. Even that's distorted. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it, and it makes me, I, again, I do this stuff for a living and I'm human. The filtered pictures. Are you guilty? No, No. they make me so feel so bad about myself. Really? that I there, have to get off social media. Yeah, there is um there's a couple people I don't know their names, but there's a couple accounts that I follow on TikTok that I just adore that take and show you what that real photo looks like. So like they'll 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 show you the the photo shoot shot that got put in the magazine, but then mm-hmm. they show you the backstage photo of that same model and they do not look alike. And they're mm-hmm. like, you know, it's all fake. It It's all fake. Like nothing you see online is real. And here's proof. This is what these gorgeous, perfect people look like. And they look like me. Like, yeah. you know, it like brings it back to reality. Yeah. There's, there was a great, um, <clears throat> there there was a great episode and I'm trying to remember which news program it was. Um, but I used to show it when I was teaching about eating disordered eating and body dysmorphia and self image. Um, and it was exactly that it took a model through before makeup, makeup, the photo shoot, and then the Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And they made, they made her, you know, three inches taller and, 20 pounds lighter and they changed, you know, made her jawline different. And it, and it's, it's so graphic when you see the, um, the sped up film mm-hmm. uh, or video of, of how they're making these changes and, and, um, and it's such drastic changes. And like, I don't think that that, I, I don't believe that that's, that's good for people. It's not good for young young people that are that are measuring themselves right to these standards. Oh, here's my you know we, like New Year's resolutions. Oh, uh oh, Joelle, you there? I think she just cut out. No, but she she has a point because 
just like she said, like the stuff that they do to fix Dexter, the stuff that they do to fix and anxiety. And Mm -hmm. oh, there you are. She's going in and out. Um, Let me let me tell you. Yeah, go ahead. The stuff that they do to these models is more than just like, you know, we sit here and we think, oh, they're just like whitening their teeth or they're making their hair straight or anything like that. And it's not like Joelle said, like. They're literally making these people taller. They're making their legs longer. They're making their arms longer. Like they're basically doing plastic surgery on a photo. Like by the time they get done with that photo, it does not look anything like that model. Yeah. I I wish that someone would actually like then if that's the case, get the, um, I want, not to have a double chin because I sure feel like I have one. <laughs> and I certainly don't want to look like, um, you know, um, like I'm aging the way I do. Because in my brain, I'm look, still 22. You, you can buy the filter. You can buy the filters and put it on your phone and go in there and Photoshop yourself and do all that yourself. And I want to I want I want to have like, sh- like flat stomach. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. But that doesn't change you. That no. just changes the photo. I online. know. So why bother? Like, <laughs> I might as well just be real about all my blubber. And I think the other thing is Joel. You there? You back? She was. Yeah, I can. I I can. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can hear you now. Okay. I think okay. the other thing too that again, not to bring up TikTok, but it's like the newest social media is. You know, there's the people who are like, you know, when you make videos in your house, are you just cleaning behind you? And so they'll like show you like, okay, well, this is what I did. And I just cleaned behind me. And then they take their camera and pan out to the rest of the house. And it's like, yeah, it looks lived in. Like, it looks like there's toddlers there and there's toys everywhere and there's dishes in the sink. And it's like, that's reality. But we see these stars and we see these people with these perfect houses and perfect bodies. And it's like, that's not real. Yeah, I remember reading, you know, about postpartum depression and and these A-listers, right, and how they were dealing with their postpartum. And I just, at one point, I said to my therapist, I'm like, yeah, they have personal trainers, they have personal chefs, they have housekeepers, they have nannies, they have nurses that get up with the kids at night. Like, that is not real. There's no way that I, like, I, I can't, I can't do that. Right. And mm-hmm. how do I ma- how do I manage when I don't have those resources? And most of us don't have those resources. Mm-hmm. And, I, it, it, and I feel like New Year's resolutions are the same thing. Oh, look at me. Look at all these great things I'm doing. I'm setting myself up for success. And I'm not talking about setting goals for yourself. Right. I, I'm talking about this idea that that um that, you know, I'm going to like, I'm going to have this drastic personality change. And so, I mean, I think where we misstep with resolutions is we, we say, you know, I want to be more healthy. Okay, cool. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that every day? And it's like, well, little baby steps. If I make Mm -hmm. one small change a day and I make a lifestyle change, then that's sustainable. Diets don't work because it's this radical change. We can't hold on to it as humans. It's too much too fast and and it's not realistic and we set unrealistic goals and then right and we yo-yo back and forth. Mm-hmm. If we were to say 
you know, I just want to work on on being, you know, having a having a healthy diet. It's like, okay, what's one small thing I can do to work toward that goal? Eventually, I'll be successful with it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it, it it's funny because that's just what we were talking about when I was getting into better health. We don't we don't want to diet. She didn't want me dieting. She we said, well, we're, we'll make a lifestyle change, and we'll do things reasonably. And if I'm not going to kick myself if I want um, a piece of beef, or if I do want to right. taste a little bit of pork, but all in all, I'm going to limit that because my health depends on it. You know, and it wasn't a resolution, a declaration. I didn't stand on the mountaintop. You know, it was just, you know what, this needs to happen and let's do it. Well, and I think the other thing that we have done with trying to eat healthy is it's like, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from like the diet culture that is fed, spoon fed mm-hmm. to us as women from like when we're small, you know, mm-hmm. like the whole like eat 1200 calories. Like that's what my top, that's what a toddler eats. I'm much bigger right. than a toddler. Um, and so, you know, it's like, yeah, you try and limit your sugar and you try and limit the bad stuff. But it's like, if I want a piece of cake, I'm going to eat a piece of cake. Like I just right. am because if I don't eat that piece of cake, Two weeks from now, I'm going to eat the whole cake because mm-hmm. I restricted myself so much. Right. And, and here, here's, here's the thing is that, that most science around supplements, nutrition, diet, um, metabolism is all junk science. Mm-hmm. And so a calorie is a calorie is a calorie is a, a calorie is a calorie. It's a unit of energy. Whether mm-hmm. I get that from a milkshake or I get that from a kale salad, a calorie is a calorie. So part of it is when I just allow myself to say, is this not not good food or bad food? Because we want to do that too. Oh, quote, junk food, whatever that is, is bad food. Well, then we get into these paradigms, right? But when we yeah. just say, I'm going to have things in moderation, my body can tolerate certain foods, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, like, I have celiac and I have, I'm dairy intolerant. So I can have a piece of cake and sometimes I do have a piece of cake. I know I'm going to feel really crappy the next day and right. I do it anyway because I want to celebrate at the birthday party and have a piece of cake. And so I think mm-hmm. some of it is, is this idea of moderation, which is, you know, having a piece of cake and having the whole cake are two completely different things. And so good food being what's good for my body and and bad food being what does my body not tolerate? What what do I know makes me yeah. makes me ill, right? Or affects with my mood or my digestion. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, not buying into this this diet culture about counting calories or where calories come from or all carbs are bad. This is it's and then you add you know, like we said, image and filters and only seeing, you know, what people want us to see on their social media and resolutions. It, it just, it's a recipe for disaster to me. Yeah. And, and, you know, <clears throat> I know we kind of got sidetracked off of resolutions, but what's one of the biggest resolutions? I'm going to lose weight. I'm going right. to go on a diet. And, and like you said, there is no such thing as bad food and good food. Food is food. You know, and the other thing that I have, the other thing that I have also struggled with getting Steven to realize is, um, you know, he does this thing of 
we'll we'll eat something or we'll have like even a heavier meal and 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 he'll sit here and say oh I'm going to have to go to the gym um, or I can't eat that unless we go to the gym tonight. And it's like, no, you don't have to earn your food. Like that's toxic. Like <laughs> you don't get to eat unless you burn so many cows. Like, no, no, that's not how this works either. Yeah. But you know, it's not, but to some degree, I think when you try to maintain you know, some sort of consistency in your life. I think that's really what I'm going for. Not that I want, I, I did get to the point where I wanted to earn my food, yeah. but I think now that since you've said something, I think the goal is get into two or three times a week, you know, you know, don't eat, don't go out and eat. Cause Hey, you know, Joel, I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you go out to eat, the food is salty. Yeah, I don't even at the nice restaurants. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even matter anymore. Like, part of this is also that Stephen got told that he had high blood pressure, and as soon as he got told that, I stopped cooking with salt, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. I use very little salt. So then we go out into the world where people use salt because it's a flavor enhancer, and he's like, "My God, this is salty!" And I'm like, "Yeah, because you don't eat salt." <laughs> The whole world is salty, <laughs> literally. Right, the whole world <laughs> on is different salty. levels, Fig figuratively and literally. Yeah, my yeah. Son, yeah. on different my, levels. Yeah. <laughs> right, my son is a chef, and I asked we we Ooh. you know was home for the holidays, and we um but a, a a trained one, and so I was asking him. I said, "How come it tastes so good when you go out and you order it, and and I it doesn't taste all that great when I make it?" And he's like, "Because you don't use a half a pound of butter and a bunch of salt." And I'm like, "Ah." That yeah. makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. right? Because butter tastes good, and and so I, you know, it's you're right. Like that's where I think this idea of moderation. So it's like, um, and we're doing it. COVID, we have ordered more takeout during COVID than I have in the last I don't know how many years. And amen right? to that, sister. Right? Amen. That. Well, I mean, it was right when COVID hit that they started making it real easy. Like you had what is it, Uber Eats, you have DoorDash, yeah. you have something else eat like <laughs> yeah you have it all anything there's like five different apps you can use to bring food to your house i know and you can go to the fabulous restaurants too you can have yeah you, know, you can have it delivered yeah because it used to be like you could only like you could get pizza and you could get chinese that mm -hmm. that's what was delivered and now it's like well i could literally have a steak delivered to my house Exactly. Right. 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 And these Michelin star restaurants are doing some fantastic stuff and we all want to support the restaurant industry. Right. Exactly. And, right. And it makes, it and especially local businesses in our community. Yes. And, and what I've finally come to terms with is that's great. And I don't have to do that every single day. Exactly. <laughs> I, I could do that once or twice a week and that's moderation, right? Mm -hmm. um, right. I love sweets. I love them. And so I finally got to a point where, you know, if they're in the house, they're going to be eaten. And if they're not in the house and I want them, I can either go out and get them or because I am privileged and spoiled, I can order them on my app. But um, just little things like that have made me way more successful at – at managing my relationship with food. Now I have, I, I actually might have issues with eating. And so it's done, I, I've done much better with, with that concept of, I feel like ice cream, I'm going to go out and get it. Um, 
or I'm in, you know, or, or if I buy it, it's going to be in the house and I'm going to eat it. I don't need to buy that every time I go to the store. And so it's helped me not feel like I'm missing out where everybody's everybody quote unquote everybody's doing this thing and I don't get to do it. You know, it's funny you should say that. I'm going to dig in the weeds a little bit because I don't know if you've heard of that that Italian gelato brand Taliente. Um they yes. come in <laughs> they come in pint sizes. So when it this first man, when it first man, hit the market here, he would buy a pint and come home and eat the whole thing. It was happening mm-hmm. back in 2000 like 16. I I think we were going through a pint every two or three days mm-hmm. and uh at least once a week and i wonder why i ballooned and all of a sudden i was in a size 48 46 wide yeah Yeah. and and him and and our oldest were the worst like they get their ice cream they eat their ice cream that night and like i would save my ice cream and i would still have ice cream two weeks later and they're like well mom has ice cream but all my ice cream is gonna it's like yeah because i didn't eat it all yeah it's yeah it's (laughs) So yeah, yeah I, mean, I have that no, sweet tooth. I have no willpower. Yeah, yeah no willpower. Yeah. But I will tell you, you talked about both coasts. So you know, not not to put in a, a plug, but Jenny's ice cream has gluten free, dairy free. We've they, been to Jenny's. Jenny's that that has become my new um, yeah. Yeah, well, I, well, you I, know, I've now taken the app off my phone. So if yeah. I want it, I have to go and get it, which is usually deterrent because I'm in my pajamas, like by the time I'm done with work. And I'm like, do I really yeah. want to get dressed? I don't really want to I'm tell you right dressed. now, Jenny has seen somehow she revolutionized <laughs> vanilla. And if vanilla could, it already was good, but somehow... She made it even better. But you know, it's funny because, you know, I was in a cooperative community and still still Mm -hmm. attached to it. But Jenny is also a B Corp, which also is like sustainable, like a social enterprise, like they're ethic. They're, they're ethical. So like when you're buying and supporting that brand, you're supporting someone who really believes in sort of like those believes in social enterprise and community and collaboration and all those wonderful things we like to talk about. So don't feel bad when you go and buy that pint of Jenny and you Jenny's and you have it at home. It's just, good. just know that you're supporting a more inclusive economy. As That's if all. you need a better an, another excuse. <laughs> Another excuse to eat it every because, like you, Stephen, I will sit down and eat the whole. I have no. It's like once it's Ugh. it's there, it's gone, and then I want it the next day, and it's gone. I'm like, I have no ice cream, and now I'm sad. Um, but yeah, so you know, but it, it's it's. I'm glad we started off the conversation the way we did because all of this to me leads up to this idea of, of resolutions. Oh, I want to have a better relationship with my family. Oh, I want to manage stress better. Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to be so reactive or I don't want to be the go between and, and family roles, right? We get stuck in these family roles. And, and when crisis happens, we, we revert back to whatever our familial role was when we were a kid. Oh, amen. Right? Yep. And, and so I think we look at resolutions of, oh, well, this is going to help me change all of that. And, and I, I think it's, you know, it's nitpicky, but for me, it's, it's more about what can I, what can I do to be present and make changes that, that are sustainable? Because a resolution to me feels like I've just made this hard and fast rule and I'm going to do things differently and then I fail at it. 
And yeah. maybe that's just me, but that that's my interpretation of, of I mean, resolutions. You're not the only one who ever says that because then you always get the joke of, you know, January at the gym is very busy and right. you see people there that you've never seen before. And by March, they're all gone. Right. You know, and March, by, that's giving them a lot of yeah. credit, baby. <laughs> but by March, by springtime, by March or April, it's like you're back to your usual gym crew and the regular people there and, and everybody else has died off. Right. And then you're right. left. I think I think the thing that also gets me the most about resolutions is there's always guilt with it because yeah. they're unsustainable and you're not going to do it. And, you know, it takes time to make big life changes and it takes baby steps to do that. But we just make these overarching like commitments and then it's like you, you're destined to fail and then you have all this guilt about it. The guilt because we, we, our behavior, right? We couldn't sustain the behavior and then the shame because we failed at it because that's what we think yep. about ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, um. so, you know, where do we land this plane today? Because we're not going to solve it. And of course, I know that when your schedule permits, you will be back co-helping us continue to co-host. And I think this was a great conversation because it's like, it's almost like um, it's a it's a different feel. It's kind of a it's a group discussion, and we've had this organic conversation. And I'm so glad that you were able to join us and 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 help lead this conversation. So, you know, what do you want to impart on all the listeners? And now, apparently, 76 um, different countries around the world about uh, right resolutions. On. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see if we can keep it up. Let's no, I'm kidding. Um, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of pressure. Coach P is like, oh, yeah, you guys deserve it. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if we do, because then that just means we got to work harder. You're um, doing great. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> well, we're just glad that like, our cast of bandits are, you know, are expanding. <laughs> you know, I don't want people listening to us for like a bunch of years. You know, it's got to be other perspectives. So. Hey. As we yeah, as we talk yeah. about resolutions today and boundaries and setting them, like, where do you want to take us? Yeah, I think thank you as always. Thank you for having me. And I know we've actually got something scheduled in a few weeks, and we're gonna try and try and do a you know at least a once a month gig, but um, which I'm super excited about. I think I'd love to know what the listeners. Like, I'd love to know what the listeners think and what people are doing, because I think it's it's exactly what you said. It's it's having an organic, real conversation and starting there. What are you doing that's that's working for you and where do you need help with? And we're not we don't normal normalize in the sense of like being comfortable talking about not, quote, normal. Right. Um being comfortable talking about, hey, I'm really having a hard time with this thing. What are you doing that's helpful? You know, um, and so I, I'd love to know what what people out there are, are thinking and feeling and what do they do and how are they successful? I think for me, um, um, I, I like journaling. It's not for everybody. Um, I have really, really been working on being present. And so I notice when I'm too far, too far forward, well, in three months, or well, if I only do this, or what, you know, when such and such, 
Um, or if I'm in the shoulda, woulda, coulda, I'm too far back. I am not, I'm not present. And that's when I, I fail at those baby steps. And so really catching myself as far as, okay, that's fine. That's all well and good three months from now. Cool. You want to be doing X, whatever, X, Y, and Z. What can I be doing right now? And so some of it is using that thought stopping and really bringing myself back to the present moment. Okay. What can I do right now if i'm unhappy with with my food choices or whatever's going on right or how i'm showing up in my family or not setting good boundaries what what can i do tomorrow and be present in it and what did i do really well so i always i'm a i'm a i'm a terrible perfectionist and so I give myself three mistakes. You got three mistakes at least, and I make way more than three a day. But I have three mistakes that I can make a day. And so it's like, at the end of the day, can I look at myself in the mirror and say, all right, well, you totally effed that up. And not but, and did you try? Did you try? And if the answer is yes, the next question is, can I live with myself tonight? You know, and that's mm. my, that's my, med- can I live with myself tonight? Cause tomorrow's another mm. day and I can try it again tomorrow. So if, wow. if I'm, if I'm being mindful, even if I screw it up, even if I hurt somebody's feelings, even if I make a mistake, did I, did I have decent intentions? And sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's like, no, you're a real jerk and you need to go fix that tomorrow. It's like, okay, well, there you have it, right? And sometimes the answer is, yeah, you you really worked hard and and it didn't go it didn't go well. And so, what can you do tomorrow to to try and move that into a different direction? So those are things that I practice um, to 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 try and and keep myself present. And when I'm present, I find that the journaling and the goal setting and being successful with with meeting those targets becomes easier. I'm not perfect at it. I don't do it all the time. It, it's, it becomes easier for me. Mm-hmm. And on that note, that's exactly what we're going to do. So what I just had a thought when we release the show on Sunday, um, when it goes full live, um, you know, well, when it goes full broadcast upon um, all of those um, podcasting platforms, we're going to drop the link in with a link to you and pose the question, like, what do you do in terms of setting realistic and reasonable goals? We'll come up with some question and we'll have the link to the show. And then individuals can actually respond, you know, in the chat box or, you know, on the respective social media space if they have something they want to um Want, want to include or input in this conversation. Um, again, thank you so much, Joelle, for yeah. joining and co-hosting and guest hosting. It's nice to have a superstar therapist yeah. as a guest host. Um, and you actually was very helpful to Rebecca and I and very timely. It wasn't just a show. It was almost working therapy, kind of group therapy in a sense. We were all talking and and uh and all of that so um on that note everyone thank you very much for joining us for another week
Uh, Joelle's information will be in the description in the body, um, as always. And when we go live um, again on social, we she'll be linked in and tagged, and we can continue this conversation online. Um, yeah, because uh, so, uh, definitely because a lot of people have um, stage fright. But what I'm really hearing <laughs> you say, Joelle, like just all of you out there, don't worry about what other people think. F you. Take it. You know that song? Yes. And that's the song yes. of the week. A, B, C, D, E, F, oh, I U. I love that song. Yes, that, that is the song of the week. <laughs> Rebecca picked that song out because I was like, well, what mood are you in today? She mm. said, I have a song, but I don't think it's appropriate. That's it's always appropriate. Let's play oh, it. Best song ever. <laughs> best song ever. So um, we're, 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 we're going to close with that um, song. Joelle, thank you very much. I hope we can actually have brunch soon. And, um, yeah, we will. All right. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Thank Thanks, Joelle. Thank you. Bye. They did a girl that I hate for the attention She only made it two days, what a collection It's like you do anything for my affection You're going all about it in the worst ways I was into you Thank you for listening to another week of Bipolar Girl. In the words of Grammy Award-winning artist from Africa, Amohu Sangari, who I absolutely love, Confico, the uncertainty of things. You know, living with a mental illness or 
Living with someone with a mental illness can be uncertain at times, but that's why we do this show. We do this show to create community and a place where you can express yourself and get knowledge. Right, honey? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason we have the show, right? Though, again, things might be uncertain, you can be certain that we're here for you. Godspeed, and have a great week. Ninka,